Swamiji, what were Yoganandaji's views on education for children? Well, he felt that it was extremely important. In fact, the first thing he did was to start a school when he was a young man. And uh, he felt that, as the English saying was, as the twig leaneth, inclineth, so doth the tree grow. And so, as a child is brought up, so it's likely to be, can be later on. He said, it's much more difficult to change your consciousness and your habits after 40. So the formative years are crucial. And if we're going to help society, then we should begin with the children, train them in new ways of thinking, new ways of behaving. I've started schools in which we find that there's cooperative attitudes and kindness been being ingrained into them. It's essential. Our school system today is a tragedy, and it's sort of a schooling and atheism. How do our children do under this system? Well, under this system, they do extremely well. In the national, nationwide tests, they test in the top two percentile. So what differentiates this system? Well, we the... teach them values. We teach them that morality is not just a question of the society deciding it's good to be this way. That you, if you live according to the right ways, you will be happier yourself. You will be happier if you share with others and if you take from them. We teach them how to get along with others as well as with themselves better. In our schools, you have no bullying. Mm. In our schools, you have kindness. And of course, the children have their usual little upsets too, but it's much better and much less. So you try to help children overcome emotions and... Well, you don't overcome emotions, but you learn to channel them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we have is that we have a system in which we explain that the first four years the first six years, it's easier to train a child physically. And that's when it uh, tends to topple over because it loses balance and so on. Gradually, they learn to get their bodies under, under control. The easiest way to teach them during those years is, to, uh, is through the body. But the next six years are very important. They're the time of emotional... Um, unfoldment. They weren't, it's not that they weren't emotional before, they were plenty emotional, <laughs> but at that time it's easier to train them to have ideals. Mm -hmm. And it's good to teach them not just silly stories, but stories with a point to them, stories that make them feel inspired to be heroic and kind and noble and generous and gracious and all the different good qualities of a human being. Then, in the high school years, that's their will years. And those are the years when they tend to rebel against their parents and rebel against society and so on. It's the time when they need to be taught how to guide their will correctly for their own happiness. Mm -hmm. that they're, they're, they can use their will wrongly and be unhappy as a result. Then the next six years, we don't... Normally, society ends its education, but should go on till the age of 24. From 18 to 24 is when you develop the intellect. And that's when the children like to sit around and talking philosophy and over the coffee table and so on. <laughs> and 
Those are the years when you can give them high ideals and show them why. To reason correctly instead of reasoning in such a way as to justify your own actions. These things are very important. Swami, uh, we've noticed in being around the world that um, American children in American society, teenagers often rebel. We don't see as much of that in Europe or in India. Why? You see some of it, though. It's just a natural part of it. We're a younger society. I think that's why. Mm-hmm. And in these schools, uh, is There's there... another reason for it, and that is becoming more universal all over the world. But modern music tends to make people rebellious. Mm-hmm. That heavy emphasis on downbeat and uh, that jagged rhythm throwing them off balance. The music that we have is very important and people don't realize the damage that they do to themselves by exposing themselves to the kind of music that will increase their sensuality, increase their anger, increase their nervousness. All these things are, are death to a child. So the heavy downbeat emphasizes the ego? It emphasizes the ego. I'm the one who comes. I'm the one who wants to say this. I like things my way. That's what it's saying. When uh, you're helping these children, do you have a book or something that you've written? Well, I wrote a book called Education for Life. And it's been translated into other languages too. But it's a system we follow in our schools and uh, we have I think six schools do we have right now and they're in different countries in India and in, in Italy as well as in America and different communities in America and it's a system that people are beginning to pick up on the, in the regular schools also because they find that it, it, it's a good thing. It's very different from what's being done now. Yeah, but more and more teachers are beginning to feel that there is something to this system. Swami, uh, you referred to music, and I wanted to just pick that up a little bit more. Do you see that this trend is changing, or is it getting worse, This the awful music that people listen to? Well, I have not been following the trend. I dropped out a long time ago. I'll tell you, I was giving a lecture in Hollywood Church in the 1950s, <laughs> And I said something about boogie-woogie. And this, this somebody said to me later, don't you know it isn't boogie-woogie any longer? I, I said, no, what is it? Rock and roll. I said, how long has this been going on? Five years. <laughs> so I have to admit, I am not an expert on these things. But from what I hear when I go into restaurants, what I hear when I listen to, I forcedly listen to the music coming out of cars and so on, I can't say I'm encouraged. The beat seems heavier, the rhythm seems heavier, the, the, mel- the harmony seems less harmonious. Everything seems wrong. It seems like that may be a general trend in the arts that we've seen in the 20th well, you, century. You know, it's true. When we got away, it's all a good thing in the end because we've got, come into an age of energy and now people are a bit confused as to where to go because Back in the time when matter was their reality, then art was formed, was very uh, carefully formed and everything. 
when they came out of that reality into the 20th century, and this new age began at the beginning of the 20th century, then suddenly people didn't know where to go. And they started experimenting with all sorts of things and became quite meaningless. Dali with his the clocks on the edge of a table sort of forming, conforming to the shape of the table. Picasso with his disjointed people sort of as if they were uh, um, schizophrenic. Hmm. And there's been an awful lot of that. And the thing is that people are such sheep that when you get a few people, I've seen it, people at exhibits looking left and right to see what other people think, then if they see that there's general approval and they like it, they don't know why they like it, they just sort of accept it. But can you really honestly say that you would like to have a painting like Picasso, like of that kind of painting? He may have done good works, I don't know, but I have a suspicion that he was always doing it for effect. Do you, can, can you think of art that has inspired you in the 20th century? No, not really. I have met an artist in Italy who is a very fine artist, but he doesn't have any subjects. I've urged him to get high, high topics for us. Mm -hmm. He has nice children and nice mother and child and that sort of thing, but he doesn't have any good models. Mm -hmm. I've urged him to think in higher ways. He's, he's interested. He's going to do a painting for me of the Virgin of Guadalupe, and not this usual, either the arms out or like that, but sort of inviting the viewer to go on a trip with her hmm. toward Guadalupe. Hmm. And uh, that's for a book that I've written. It's a novel, A Pilgrimage to Guadalupe, and he's working on that now. Hmm. I have high hopes for it. But art in the 20th century, I, I know on the island of Kauai, I think it is, in, in uh, um, Hawaii, some system pipes, and people are saying, well, that's art. I don't call that art. It has totally no meaning. Mm. And even Rodin, who was at least trying to do something with his sculpture, his thinker looks like a man with a bellyache. <laughs> he doesn't look like a thinker. But there is a statue in Nugano in the park there. Uh, thank God they've removed it. But it shows uh, Socrates, he took poison, you know, to die. Well, you could show him before he takes the poison, with courage, with faith, with resignation, all sorts of good possible attitudes. Instead, they just showed him after he'd taken the poison. Oh. It's a ridiculous statue. I, I have been absolutely appalled at the kind of art that you see in music, in, in everything. Classical music is just about as bad. Listen, look at Stravinsky's uh, Rites of Spring. I mean, where is the beauty in that? There's no beauty. I remember in college, uh, a classmate of mine told me he wanted to write the great American novel. So I said, well, what do you want to write? Something true, something beautiful? Beauty! As, I was, as if I'd spoken a dirty word. <laughs> and uh, he wanted to show reality. His, to him, I suppose reality was sitting in the gutter on Saturday nights and uh, retching, and that's reality. <laughs> to me, reality is sitting on a mountain looking at the whole view. Mm. All you can see when you're sitting in the gutter is the gutter. Mm. 
And art in this century and in the last century has been all too much preoccupied with uh, the lower chakras, the lower part of the spine, the lower part of human energy. There is this quality in man. We have two directions we can go. One is downward, the other is upward. And because of Darwin saying we've come up from the monkey level, people have tended to think that the lower level is the true you, and your ideals are just sort of something false that you've imposed on yourself, that ideals are uh, not realistic. It's, it's a self false system. We're, we have to climb back to our source in God, and we have to leave that animal source. But in the century we've left, and we're still in it now, really, it's all the hopelessness of being in, involved in animal consciousness.